simple approach if I was starting again from scratch and how I would do it fast. So I woke up this morning, it was a sunny day and it's also a Friday and I was like, you know what, let's smash two Casanovian live streams today. So I'm going to do one now and then I'm going to do another one at 4pm UK time. I know, I just think it's cool. I get a lot of value myself from doing these live streams. I find them therapeutic when I make them and hopefully you enjoy them. Hopefully they're somewhat therapeutic to you and hopefully they make your life better. So if I was starting again from scratch right now, imagine I didn't know anything about anything. Imagine I'm a complete flump, <laughs> like no, no social experience whatsoever. How would I master the art of cold approach fast? All right, so I've compiled a list and I'm just going to read off it. Um, and yeah, let's do it. All right. So first of all, I would find people online who I resonated with and I would consume as much of their content as possible over the course of three days. All right. The reason why I say three days is it's so easy in today's world to become a castrated consumer who consumes, but doesn't create anything. Yeah. So I, I'm putting an expiry date on, we'll call it my online immersion. Yeah, so by the end of these three days, after I've consumed as much content as possible and wrapped my head around this, this weird world of cold approach, which is all just like completely new to me at this point because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a complete flump. At the end of these three days, I'm going to set the intention to then go out and do my first five cold approaches. So let's just imagine today's Friday. I'm going to spend Friday, Saturday, Sunday consuming content online from people who I believe know what they're actually talking about. Yeah. So I don't want, so if, if I'm browsing YouTube and there's just guys in their bedrooms talking head potatoes, I don't want to watch their stuff. I only want to watch the stuff from people who've got receipts, who've actually got infield evidence because evidence has got the loudest voice. So I'm going to watch their content for a full three days. And I'm, I'm really going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do deep learning when it comes to watching the stuff. Like, it's so easy these days to be a shallow learner. Yeah, you've got like got YouTube up. You, you you've got like one eye on you've got one eye on the video, and then another eye is on the suggested videos. And your attention span is like a goldfish. Like you're all over the place. So, a really simple hack is when you're watching videos where you actually want to learn. So if I'm watching, if I'm watching infield videos and I want to learn, I'm watching that video on full screen. Yeah, watch on full screen and then you're not distracted by the dopamine demons. So I'm watching the videos on full screen and during this three-day online immersion, I'm, I'm particularly interested in the actual approach itself. Yeah, so imagine I'm watching an infield conversation which is eight minutes long. I'm not too concerned at this point about the back end or the middle end. I'm just I'm just focused on those first 30 seconds of the approach. So I want to see how the guy actually approaches. Yeah, so maybe I'll just keep rewinding the clip of the actual approach. Or maybe if he's got videos of just the approach, I'll watch those videos. Because what I want is to make my approach as powerful as possible. Yeah, because that's the hardest thing when you first get started with this. It's just, <clears throat> excuse me, it's just overcoming that resistance towards that initial approach. So I want to see how the guy's approaching. So I'll, I'll watch it, I'll observe him, and I'll see what he's doing. So, oh, he kind of comes in from the side, he says, excuse me, and then, oh, that's interesting. He doesn't, he doesn't give a compliment until the girl has stopped 
and he's actually looking at him. That's interesting. I'm going to make a note of that. So when I approach a girl, make sure that that girl has actually stopped and he's actually looking at me. Because from what I've seen, this appears to allow the compliment to hit stronger. Whereas maybe if I just gave the compliment and I didn't have the girl's full attention, that might dilute the conviction of my compliment. So I might rewatch that a couple more times, right? Make a note of that. Make sure make sure a girl has actually stopped and is actually looking at me before I deliver the compliment. And then what I would do after having this online immersion and learning through osmosis is I would actually rehearse my own open yeah so i would write down my open like the like the literal things that i was gonna say to that girl for my first approach i would just rep that out i would ingrain it into muscle memory so therefore when i do it for real it'll feel as though i've already done it before and even if i stumble my words the stumbling is not going to be as severe because i've ingrained it into muscle memory so like when I was starting back in the day or in 2020, I was rehearsing my open before I went out there. It was the whole like, hi, I just saw you. I just wanted to say you look really good. That's it. So hi, I just saw you. I wanted to say you look really good. I just repped that out. Hi, I just saw you. And I just wanted to say you look really good. I would just rep that out until I started to develop certainty. Yeah. So that's the first thing that I would do. I would find people online who I resonated with. I would see how they approach girls. I'd have a three-day immersion online, not doing anything. And then the intention has to be set that at, at the end of those three days, I'll then go out and I'll do my first five direct call approaches. Hey, maybe you'll even, maybe I'll get to Saturday and I'm like, you know what? I know I said I'll do three days online, but I actually just want to get out there now. It's a nice day. So maybe I'll just do that. But I would want to have that almost online apprenticeship period first yeah just to just to just to show myself like how like the actual mechanics of the approach yeah so focusing just on the open um getting online inspiration and then actually going out and putting it into action like it's so easy especially in this cold approach space to just be a castrated consumer you're just watching a shitload of stuff but you're not transmuting information into implementation that's just like wanking in the wind so having this finite period of online immersion i think is useful just to give you like a reference point and get out into the field and actually start putting into practice as soon as you start the better you'll get quickly so yeah um the next thing that I would do is I would then commit to doing 30 approaches per week for four weeks, all right? Because I know there is no substitute for real world learning and the guys that I'm watching online, they keep telling me, take action, take action, take action. So, you know, if, if everyone's saying it, then it's there must be some sort of truth in it. So I just think having having this, like treating it like the gym, in a way, yeah, having having this practical number of approaches that I want to hit, then it gamifies it as well. It's like, right, I want to get 30 approaches this week. And I think if I set the bar really high, like even if I got 25 approaches, I still done 25 approaches, but 30 approaches every single week for the next four weeks. And this is going to function as my approach apprenticeship period. Yeah, I'm not going out there to necessarily get numbers, get dates. I'm just going out to acclimatize myself to the approach. Yeah. So the, the really important thing that I would do if I was starting from scratch, like day one, the first time that I'm going out there, I would document as much as possible. Specifically, I would be recording the audio of my conversations. Now, 
let's say I'm doing 30 approaches a week. I'm not going to record the audio of every single one because I think this is going to be too difficult for my mind to manage, but I'm going to aim to record at least five. Yeah, if I've got at least five approaches recorded every single week, then I've got, I've got a point of reference then, right? I know what my starting point is. I also know what I'm shit at and it's useful as well to document the progress so then I can compare week one's audio in field to week four's and see how I'm actually improving. So by having this point of reference, I'm going to be able to hold myself accountable and I'm going to know what my own weaknesses are. So 30 approaches every single week for the next four weeks after I've done the whole like online three-day immersion and then by recording the audio of at least five of these conversations, I'm going to know where my sticking points lie. I'm going to know what I'm shit at. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a sticking point. Like this is, this is literally what I did as well. Like this is literally the stuff that I did to get really good really quick. I got my first two dates from Cold Approach after three weeks of starting. And it's because I did exactly what I'm telling you to do right now. So like this shit actually works, right? So I would then create a sticking point list. I would write down all the things that I'm currently shit at and I would make a point every single week, sorry, every single session to attack one of these things. So I made a list of things that I used to be really shit at. Um, let me see. So sticking point list. So, okay. So maybe my conversations are not lasting long enough. So in my experience, the best... The best return on investment are when your conversations are between five and eight minutes. That's the sweet spot I find in cold approach to actually see that girl again. So that gives you enough time to build investment, share some things about yourself, find out who she is as an individual, and then as well to reduce your flake rate, set up the date during that initial conversation because people are less likely to bail on plans they've already committed to. It took me a long time to work this out. So this is me giving you advice, um, what I would do if I was going to start again. To reduce your flake rate, set up the plans. Like the plans are already in motion and the date is not dependent on her inclusion. So, oh, by the way, there's this really cool wine bar that I want to get, I want to go check out next weekend. Like you should come with me. Yeah. It's like, it's non-needy. I want you, but I don't need you. But having, having the date set up within that initial conversation, but five to eight minutes, I find is a sweet spot. Like, yeah, you can get results from like 30 second interactions. I was doing that when I started. Um, the reason was, well, I, there, there's a few reasons. I was, I was uh, meeting girls around uh, the university areas of Leeds and also it was the pandemic. So there was very few people meeting uh, through face-to-face -face interaction. So I think I was helped by um, the pandemic. Um, I was meeting girls who were like in first or second year of university. I was 23 at the time. So the girls I was meeting were like 18, 19. So there was a nice age gap there. And also I was just relentless with it as well. You know, I was recording the audio of my conversations. I was creating the sticking point list. Um, but yeah, conversations not lasting long enough. That was one of my sticking points. Maybe I was talking too fast. So I know I'm speaking fast now, but it's because I just want to hit you with as much value as possible. I don't want to uh, lose time with fluff talk. Um, so yeah, maybe I was talking too fast. That's, that's a common sticking point amongst guys who are just starting. Maybe, maybe I'm not sharing enough about myself. This is an interesting sticking point. Like guys always forget the topic of you. Yeah. Like 
if you're someone who thinks, oh, I keep running out of things to say, or my conversations are not lasting long enough, I don't know, like, I need more material, I don't know what to say, it's like, brother, the information is inside of you, right? If you are an interesting guy who has an interesting life, you've got interesting things to talk about. Like, the guys who I work with now, the guys who are in my private network, they're fucking interesting guys. And when I, when I was coaching them in the early days, and they would come to me, and they'd be like, Christian... I don't know what to talk about. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You've just been talking to me for the past 10 minutes about all the interesting shit you've been doing. Like the business that you built, you're a fucking, you're a writer. Like you're, you're traveling around the world. You've got all these like uh, eclectic hobbies. These are the things, yeah? If you don't say it, they don't know. And the more interesting things you can share about yourself you become a real person in the eyes of that girl and therefore she's more likely to want to come out on a date with you. If you spend your entire cold approach conversations just giving a compliment and hoping the girl likes you or you're spending all your conversations asking the hairdresser questions or just, just asking her questions, she's leaving that conversation being like, yeah, that guy was cool. I'm, I'm kind of attracted to him, but I don't really know that much about him. And if you don't have a compelling Instagram profile, all she's got to go off is that two-minute sales pitch, which for most girls is just not enough. That's another thing that I would do as well. I would create a compelling Instagram profile, ASAP. In the modern world, having a compelling Instagram is essential. If you're one of those guys who's like, oh, I don't want to build one, then you're missing out on a huge chunk of the game. If you are an interesting guy who lives an interesting life and you're documenting that on your Instagram page, the profile does the work on your behalf. You can get away with having quick-fire two-minute conversations, exchange Instagrams. She goes over to your landing page. It's a perfect portfolio to project pre-selection. So you can go over to my Instagram. It's at Christian Magician. This is the Instagram I wish I'd have had when I first started. It would have made my cold approaching a lot more efficient. Yeah, I'm all... I'm all about efficiency with this stuff. I don't want to be the guy who's parading around the pavements right hours a day, go to the fucking mall. It's, that's just like, that's like loser. That's like loser game, right? Like you want to be efficient with it. Yeah, having a high return on investment, having a compelling Instagram profile gives you that. Most guys don't want to build one because they can't be arsed. They don't want to put in the work. They think, oh, it's going to take so much work. Like it's fun. But anyway, that, if you don't want to build one, it's your fucking life. Um, well, oh, maybe... So I'm not sure enough about myself. Um, my approach, like the approach itself might be really weak. So I might just be going over being like, hi, excuse me. I just saw you. You look nice. Like kind of just the same shit on every single girl. I want to make every single approach counts. Yeah. And it's not so much about counting your approaches, but making your approaches count. The way you make your approaches count is by turning as many approaches as possible into quality conversation. So I know I'm saying aim for 30 approaches a week because I think that's a simple metric we can all shoot for. But realistically, it's more about the quality over the quantity. Now, if I was starting again from scratch, I'm doing these approaches more so to acclimatize myself to the process and and and, and bulldoze through that initial resistance. But the deeper that you'll get on this journey, you'll realize it's the quality conversations which actually land results. Yeah, you can get lucky. It might be, might be right girl, right time. You might have a 20-second conversation and then you've got a date with that girl. But I think we should all be striving to have those quality conversations which get girls hyper-invested. So um, I talk all about this as well in Conversation Killer. It's my free course. You can get it below. Uh, it gives you everything you need to get started with this shit. Um, yeah, link below for that if you want to get the, the free. All, all my courses are free, by the way. So if you want the free shit, it's down below. Um, 
Maybe I'm closing. Maybe I'm closing the conversation too early. That's another sticking point. Maybe I'm giving off weak, simpy vibes. So maybe like I'm going over to every girl and just being a little nonce, like putting them on a pedestal. Maybe my voice is too high pitched. Maybe I just don't have the adequate life experience yet. So like I don't. Maybe I don't have a lot of uh, experience with women. So it's like oh, scary. But you know, the only way through it is going through it. Just get your thirty approaches in, Christian. You'll be all right. Um, and I've put evidence has the loudest voice. I will only become I only become aware of what I'm shit at by having a point of reference. So again, record the audio of your conversations. Guys ask, how do I do that? Just use a voice recorder app on your phone and then capture the audio through your headphones. If you've got a pair of AirPods, do that. Um, or if you just got like the, the, the dangly ones, then just let them like drape over your, uh, your collar. That's what I did when I started. Don't, you don't need to be like high tech with this shit. Guys like, oh, do I need to buy mics? No, just use the headphones. Um, next thing that I would do, I would focus on becoming the most fuckable version of myself. So when I started, I looked like a turnip, I dressed like a moron. I wasn't, I wasn't taking care to take care. And that definitely affected my results. Yes, looks matter, but there's a big difference between being good looking and looking good. And it's within any man's power to build upon what he's been given and play his hand to the best of his ability. The two most important areas that any guy can work on, fitness fashion. So I would train like a savage four times a week, um, high intensity interval training. I really like hill sprints. They make me feel good. They get my aura on point. So I would get a good solid workout routine in place. Um, and I would, I'd upgrade my wardrobe as well. Like if you look back at my early in fields on this channel, like the, the fashion sense was not there. I remember if you type in, uh, if you go back to like, I think it's like my, one of my first videos, it's it's the Leeds, the, the videos that I made in Leeds, the Leeds day game in fields. I'm wearing like, I'm wearing a decent grey jacket, but I'm destroying the image. I've got a pair of shorts on, a pair of uh, fluorescent orange trainers, and that stupid fucking chain I used to wear, which I thought, huh, this makes me look edgy. So I was an absolute moron when I started, and I wasn't taking care of the basics. I would also want to get my money on point as well. So when I started Cold Approach... I had £24.82 of universal credit in my bank account. So, like, you don't need to be a multi-millionaire. You don't need to have the 10 out of 10 sculpted Adonis body. You don't need to look like you've just come off the uh, Paris Fashion Week catwalk. But you need to have a base level of attractiveness in each area. You know, if you can get yourself to a 5 out of 10 in finances, in fitness, in uh, fashion, then that's that's a good start. Yeah, like, don't, don't get, don't think too many steps ahead and think the barrier for entry is so high. Obviously, the more you can improve yourself, the better results you'll get. Like, that's just, that's just fact. Like, all this is, is a way of delivering your value to the world. The more value you've got to give, the better your results are. Um, and making sure your social skills are on point as well. But that would be the advice that I would give to the former version of myself. I would get somebody to give me no bullshit feedback on the way that I looked. I want to make sure that I can actually afford dates as well. Like when I was going on dates with girls in the early days, you know, I, I wasn't going to the nicest of places. I didn't, I was kind of up in my head on the dates as well. Like, oh, I hope she doesn't order another drink. And like, that's just like Loserville. You don't want to be there. So get your money on point. Like we live in the age of opportunity as well. Like you can make money online. I'm not saying it's easy, but it is simple. If you actually do the research and you actually commit to, you actually commit to your own personal renaissance. Yeah. Like Nietzsche said, he who has a strong enough why can bear any how. Most guys these days just want to complain. Like, oh, the world's so difficult. Girls don't like me. Yeah. It's because you don't have any fucking value. You're a loser. You're the, you're the same guy you, you were five years ago. You wouldn't 
even date yourself. So stop making excuses. Just fucking get to work because that's what I did, right? I'm a living, breathing example of what can be happen of what happens when you have relentless, irrational confidence in your own ability. You actually put the fucking reps in. So yeah, um, so I do that, and then what I would do. Boys, there's a lot of value on this live stream, so drop a drop it a like button, lock it, drop, 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 <laughs> drop it a like. Um, I would then create a personal renaissance document which outlines exactly what I want to get from cold approach. I think a lot of guys will start cold approach and they're super vague on why they're getting started. You need to know where you're going if you want to get to that place. So a personal renaissance document, really easy, is a document that you create and you write about yourself in the third person as though you've already achieved the things that you want to have achieved. And then you visualize that you imagine what it would be like to actually be that person. This allows you to operate from that place of wholeness rather than from that place of lack. And you go out every day with a mission in mind. So as an example, if I wanted to create my personal renaissance document, if I was starting all over again from scratch, it would look something like this. Christian is going on multiple dates a week with women he once thought were out of his league. Christian can walk into any venue and approach any girl he wants without hesitation. Christian is swimming in high quality romantic options, gets dates on demand, and currently has more girls than he knows what to do with. So I would probably flesh this out a bit more. Um, I would get more um, empire visions with it. I would create like a page of like all of the things. Um, but that, you, you get the idea. That's, that's a good start. So yeah, create your personal renaissance document. It doesn't actually matter if you've been in the game for a long time, if you consider yourself a seasoned player or you are completely new to cold approach, have a personal renaissance document in place. You need to know why you're actually doing this. For you, like you might just be using it as a self-improvement activity. You might be using it to, maybe you've got a job coming up in sales and you want to improve your, your sales ability. Or maybe you want to do cold approach because kind of like this, this like skydive or bungee jump experience where you just want to throw yourself into a new, like a new experience. Um, or maybe like me, when I started, I just wanted to get girls. <laughs> like that's what I was doing it for. I just come out of a long-term relationship. I didn't want to be swiping on a screen or settling for low quality girls in grotty nightclubs. And I wanted to get the women that I actually wanted rather than settling for the ones that I thought I could get. And I saw cold approach as a glitch inside of the matrix as this way of, of, of just going straight to the source. Do you know what I mean? Like there were so many occasions before I got involved with cold approach where I'd see a girl, a gobsmackingly gorgeous girl strut past me on the street and I wouldn't go over, first of all, because I didn't know how to actually, well, I probably, look, we, we all know how to approach. I mean, we all do. Like, shut, shut up, Christian. Like, you, you already know what to do. You already know what you should be doing. How do I approach a girl? You approach a girl. Just put yourself in front of her and you just say something. But we don't know what we don't know. We're always doing the best with the information that we've been given. But yeah, it was that I didn't want to get to like 40 years old, look back on my life and be like, fuck, I didn't take those opportunities. Like I, did, I could have I could have made a real go of cold approach, but I didn't because I was a little pussy. So yeah, have your personal renaissance document in place. Um, okay, next thing. After doing over 100 approaches on my own, so remember I said doing 30 approaches a week for four weeks to give myself a body of uh, reference experience. After doing these, these approaches for four weeks on my own, I would then pay somebody to mentor me. And if they have a network I can join, I will join that network, right? For me, I value time more than I value money. You're either going to pay with time or you're going to pay with money. People pay with whichever one they value the least, right? So 
I don't want to be one of those guys who's parading around the pavements for 10 years and has got fuck all to show for it. Like, if you've been if you've been doing this stuff now for more than 10 years and you're in a worse position than when you started, you are the problem because your ego is too big to not say to yourself, right, we actually need to get help in this area. Any other area in your life that you're struggling with, you would get somebody to help you. You would pay somebody for their expertise and allow them to help you. If you want to learn boxing, if you want to learn a language, if you want to learn business, whatever it is, you find people who you resonate with who are further ahead in this field than you are. You pay them money and then they help you accelerate your progress. It just blows my mind to this point. I'll see... Uh, comments online and they'll be like, oh, you know, I've been doing this for eight years and, you know, girls still don't like me. It's like, you're a fucking moron. Like, we live in this world where you can get access to people by paying money. And if you're not doing that, if you're not optimizing, like, you are your biggest asset right? You're your biggest asset. And if you're not prepared to invest into yourself as a human being, then I have no time for you whatsoever, right? Like at this point in my life, I've invested tens of thousands of dollars or pounds, whatever you want to call it, into coaching, into mentorship, into network. And it's worth every fucking penny. Like I wouldn't be the person that I am today if I tried to do everything on my own. And it pains me to say that because I'm an only child. I always had this DIY mentality like, oh, I don't need anybody to help me. But if I didn't have the people in my life who've helped me, I wouldn't be making these live streams. I wouldn't have made Cole Approach my career. It just wouldn't have happened. So yeah, you need to get over this... Um it's this fallacy that guys have in their minds that everyone online is trying to scam them or uh, paying for coaching is a scam or, or buying a course is a scam. Like, sure, there's plenty of scammers out there and that's why you need to have the social intelligence to be able to find who's real and who's not. Yeah, that's why I put all of the infields out on my channel. That's why I show my client's testimonials. That's why I include my clients on my videos so they can do the talking on my behalf. So, I would position myself inside of a network of like-minded guys because it would not only give me accountability, but it would also give me healthy male competition as well. Like, I like that. I enjoy that as a person. I enjoy being the shittest person at a skill and then surpassing every single person. So I think we need that as men, like having that that healthy male competition. Yeah, having that healthy male competition, that gamification. Yeah, if I'm in a network of guys or I've got a wing who I'm going out with, I'm like, yo, bro, how many, how many approaches did you do this week? He's like, bro, I did 50 approaches this week. Like, it's like a new personal best. I got 25 numbers. Like, can you fucking believe it? And I'm like, you got 25 numbers. You had a 50% close rate. Dude, I got like seven numbers. How are you doing this? Show me what you're doing. Like, what, like, like share your secrets with me, right? It's like, what's that quote? If you want to go, if you want to go fast, go on your own. If you want to go far, go together. So yeah, that's what I would would do after doing this solo for a month because I think you should be able to do it on your own at the start I think you should be able to to be able to prove to yourself that you don't need anybody else with you but then once you feel as though you've got to a level where it's like right you know what I can do this on my own now but I want to find like-minded people. Like, I want to be part of a tribe of people who get it, who understand. Because I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned so far that castrates so many guys from actually getting started and getting results from this is that lack of permission. 
right? They feel weird or they feel ashamed for, for, for wanting to improve themselves. They feel ashamed for being in this world of cold approach and they don't have anybody who they can actually share this stuff with. And that's why it's so important to position yourself in a network of like-minded individuals who understand and you can all grow together. Like I, the, the network that I run, the entourage, is an echo chamber of empathy. Like the guys know in my network, they can say anything and nobody is going to judge them for it. And they're in this, this non-judgmental environment where they know all they need to do is drop a voice message into the group or just drop a written message and it's going to be, they're going to be getting flooded with support. Yeah, I say it all of the time. It's almost impossible to do all of this on your own. Yeah, so if I was starting again from scratch, I would be starting off four weeks on my own and then connecting with people as quickly as possible. Because when I did first start in 2020, you know, I did well. I did well on my own, but I had a magic background. I was cold approaching people since the age of 13. So I'm more of an anomaly in this space. However, what allowed me to accelerate my growth was when I started working and getting mentored by Daniel in London. So for anybody who doesn't know, Daniel is the guy who films all of my infield conversations. He's been in this industry for over 15 years. He's collaborated with some of the best coaches in the game. He's worked with fucking mystery for fuck's sake. So I had, I'm still having this ongoing mentorship experience with Daniel. So every time I came out of approach, he would give me encouragement. He would give me support. He would give me feedback. And like, we need this. Like as guys, we need people who are going to believe in us, who are going to encourage us, and who are going to lavish us with support. And who are also going to give us no bullshit feedback as well. So, you know, if the, if the friends that you've got in your life right now look down on this world and they make you feel bad for wanting to improve yourself and wanting to actually approach girls, then you need to get rid of those people and you need to find your people. That's the reason why I create this content. This is no bullshit transparency. I create this content to attract my people, right? That's why I'm making this shit, right? I'm, I'm, I'm putting this stuff out there to find people who resonate with me and like what I do. And then whether it's today, next month, next year, they will eventually gravitate and join the entourage, come travel the world with me, come conquer fucking life with me. And we're just brothers for life at that point. Yeah, so I'm attracting my people and I'm repelling the rest. It's why you need to polarize the world. So, uh, and when I just made this point here, like when you do invest in coaching, in mentorship, in, in network, make sure that you are a coachable person, right? Drop your ego, accept that this person knows more than you. Like if I pay somebody to help me, I drop my ego. I accept that this person in this field is superior to me. So I just shut the fuck up and do everything that person says. That's how I get results quick. So that's an important point. Be coachable. Um, I would then schedule wing sessions with the guys I meet inside the network. So I've then got added accountability when I go out. And it makes cold approach more fun. Like if you've got guys you can go out with, you make a day of it, you're just laughing your way through life, you're bantaloping through the streets. It's fucking fun. Yeah, being that perpetual lone wolf, <laughs> like fuck that. That's like 10 years out of date. If you're that guy who's praying around the pavement on his own for the next 10 years of your life, dude, I would stop now if I were you because it's a lonely existence. It's not sustainable. It's not healthy. It's not good for your mental health. You will crash and burn. I don't have any sympathy for you because you have been warned. Um, I would then, this one's important. Sorry, I'm just going to take a drink because my, my throat is fucking charred. Drop the live stream a like because this is insane value that you're not getting anywhere else. This is the sort of shit people charge money for. Buy my course, $997. And then they're going to say absolute garbage of what you could already get on the internet for free. I'm giving you it away for free. So like the live stream to show your appreciation because this is some serious sauce that I'm giving to you boys. Okay. 
I would then dedicate myself to the art of cold approach for an entire year, right? So I've had my online immersion. I've consumed content from people who I resonate with. I like what I do and I can tell that they have expertise in the field. They've got skin in the game because I can see it for myself online. I've done that. I've gone out. I started approaching on my own. I'm doing uh, 30 approaches a week for the next four weeks. I then become part of a network. I find people who are better than me. I pay them to help me accelerate my growth. Things are going well at this point. I've also got guys who I'm out and wing with and we can go out to a fucking Weatherspoons on a Saturday and it's just this holistic life game experience. These guys who I've got in my life, we can also do other things as well. We can go uh, to the football together. We can go uh, play uh, golf together. Not that I play golf. But we can just do life together, right? That's important. Like You want to make sure the guys who you've got in your life you do things outside of day game with them. You don't just want to be day game friends. You want to be life game friends. Um, but yeah, I would dedicate myself to the Art of Cold Approach for an entire year. So it's easy. I'm just going to read this off the laptop to keep myself on track. It's easy for guys when they get started and start getting results from Cold Approach to cash out too early. Yeah, so I've met guys who've been doing this for longer than I have. And maybe they recognize me on the streets of London. They'll come over to me and like, oh, bro, watch your videos. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, you know, how's it going? Like, you know, how's, how's your cold approach Odyssey going? It's like, oh, you know, like, I'm kind of in a relationship at the moment. I don't really do it anymore. I kind of wish I was still doing it. But nah, you know, I'm in a relationship now. And I'm like, mm, okay, interesting. I'm looking at the guy, like he's well put together. He's like, he's got value to give. I can tell there's a part of him that wishes he was still out there, like, like crusading through the world. It's so easy, especially if you're somebody like me who you didn't have any romantic options growing up, right? You you were devoid of love from the feminine. And when you once you start to improve yourself, once you start to master the art of cold approach, now you've got options. Now you've got girls who like you. It's easy to give in to temptation and settle for the first girl who shows you attention. Like I've met a lot of guys who've done this where they cash out too early. So I had I had a rule with myself when I first started Cold Approach that for the first year, I would only see a girl once, right? I'd only see a girl once. There was no like second time thing. This was a rule that I had with myself because... Well, first of all, I wanted to become the best in the world at cold approach. I wanted to become the best at the world. I wanted to become London's number one day game coach. I'm using these terminologies so we all know what we're talking about. I wanted to become London's number one day game coach. I wanted to be the best who's ever done it. I wanted to get really good really quick. And my thinking was, if I get too attached to a girl too quickly, it's going to castrate me of my desire. It's going to dilute my desire to go out and dominate. Do you know what I mean? So... And I made it clear as well. I wasn't, I wasn't um, stringing these girls along. Like they knew from the way that I approached them, the way that I taught, the way that I carried myself um, from that, uh, the first date that we had, like they knew it was only going to be a one-time thing. I wasn't masquerading as capital, capital B boyfriend. Like I wasn't doing that. They knew what they were getting in for. And the majority of, the, the majority of them were happy. Obviously you're always going to get girls who are like, I want more. Um, but it is what it is. But I, I stayed adamant and vigilant on that rule that for the first year, the skill set mattered more than the relationships, right? And that's that's an extreme example. Like I don't expect every single person to do it, but this is how I and not how to. This is what I would do if I was starting again. And I appreciate myself for doing that because it, it taught me a lot about myself. It taught me a lot about... Um, it told me a lot about being emotionally detached, but in a good way. So I'm not that person anymore. Like if you've, if you've been following my, my recent live streams, like you'll know that 
I'm, I'm now looking for that wife-worthy woman. Like, I'm looking for that girl who just blows me away, who ticks all my boxes, who I have a cosmic connection with. Like, I'm not into casual sex anymore. I'm not into one-night stands. I don't think they're healthy for everybody involved. But I started at 23, so I'm a different person now. But this is what I would do if I was starting again. Um, but I stand by that. I think it's important. I think you don't want to cash out too early. But ultimately, uh, it's your life. Do what you want to do. But I think you can, you can, you can say it to yourself for six months. I suppose you can say, right, for the first six months or for the first three months, I'm just gonna just, just, just fucking like prioritize the skill set. Um, but yeah, hopefully that's uh, important for you. Um, okay, this one, this next one is a good one. Um, I would travel to foreign cities as soon as possible. Yeah. So. When I started Cold Approach in 2020, we're in the height of pandemic season, yeah? All I knew was social distancing and face masks, traveling was just a no-go, yeah? So if I was to start all over again from scratch, I would spend, I'd spend the first month in the UK. I would, I would, I would position myself in London specifically because I think London is the best city in the UK to learn this skill set, right? In London, London feels like 10 different cities in one. Yeah, you've got the volume, you've got the vibrancy, you've got women from all over the world. You can't, like, I started in Leeds. So like in Leeds, because it's a small city and because it was a pandemic, I was reapproaching girls, you know, I was bumping into girls I'd already approached. I didn't have the great, like the biggest dating pool. I think Leeds is like 500,000 people. London, what's the population of London? Like 10 mil? Fuck knows. We'll say it's 10 mil. 8 mil? 8.6? Point being, it's a huge city with huge possibility and huge variety as well. And London's amazing because depending on what type of girl you're into, you can position yourself in the specific districts or boroughs where you're more likely to find those girls. So if you like the high-end, milfy-wilfy type of woman, you know, go like uh, Knightsbridge, Mayfair, Chelsea, or places where like these classier women hang out, but if you're more into like the edgy, artsy girl, then East London is going to be your bag. If you go like, you know, bombing up and down Brick Lane, um, around like the Liverpool Street Station area, Shoreditch, like you, you can, you know, central London is very much like a pick and mix. You don't know what you're going to get, but it's good. If you've got Oxford Street, Regent Street, which I don't recommend for most guys, but to practice your actual, like London is great to practice your actual stop is what I was going to say. Oxford Street's great for that. It's super busy. Uh, people don't really want to stop unless you've got, give them a compelling reason to do so and you're approaching with full conviction. So yeah, I would position myself in London for the entire month. I would get my reps in. Um, I'm going to be able to hit 30 approaches a week in London. Uh, in Leeds, I might struggle because I might be bumping into the same girls again and I might not find a lot of girls I actually like. So I would position myself in London. I'd be there for the first month, 30 approaches a week. And then after that, I would book a weekend away so I'd book a three-day, like a long weekend away in a, a European city. So I would probably position myself in either Krakow, Barcelona, or Belgrade. I would pick one of those three places because I just enjoy those places as places. And I think they're great for just getting started with cold approach. I think it's a nice, like, I think if you start off in London and then you go to Krakow, <laughs> it's completely different. You'll find Krakow so much easier. But I wouldn't start, like... I wouldn't start in a foreign land. I would want to know I can do it in the UK first. And then I would go and practice the skill set abroad. Um, because abroad, like, I can leverage the foreign factor. I'm this rare entity. You know, I, there's a lot of reasons why. But yeah, I would position, I'd have a long weekend away. Um, Krakow, Barcelona, or Belgrade. Um, I would also get into night game much quicker. So I don't like nightclubs. 
But I I do enjoy a night out. Like, I do enjoy going to the pub with my friends. I enjoy like going to some swanky bars and getting dressed up and just just having a good time. Do you know what I mean? Just like sort of just losing myself in the phantasmagorium of the night. Like night game is fun. I don't really like to I don't really like to categorize it. Day game, night game. Like for me, it's all connected. It's all a life game. Yeah. Internal state equals external reality. As long as you fucking love yourself, as long as you are brimming with that self-adoration and you're just having fun in whatever environment you're in, you know, you people are gonna gravitate towards you. You're gonna be that social butterfly, that social magnet. Seduction is something you are rather than something that you do. But I was and it was it was COVID as well, so there wasn't any nighttime venues which were open. And even if they were open, it was all social distancing anyway. But if I were to start again now from scratch, I would schedule, we'll call it two night game sessions a month to complement my day game. Because I find that if I go out on a night out, I would limit alcohol consumption as well because I don't want to be hungover the next day. But like, if I just go out with a good group of guys, and it's important in my experience to be going out with a good group of guys, like guys who actually lift you up, guys who support you. You know, you can just go and make an absolute titty yourself. You can get celebrated. You know, your, your guy friends, it's like you could get blown out 10 times in a row, but they get in, it's fine. They, they celebrate you as a hero. For me, Night game is an amazing way to get myself into a social flow state. And if I have a particularly good night, I'll carry all of that positive momentum into my daytime call approaches. So I think it can be a great springboard for daytime success. And also day game can function as the catalyst for night game success. So if I go out and I do 10 cold approaches in, in, in 90 minutes, and then I know that I'm going to go to an, a, like an event or a venue later on in the evening... I feel so, I, I'm almost, like, I'm going to that nighttime venue with this, this this social cloak of immunity. Like, I've already worn myself up through the cold approaches, and I'm the most magnetic person in the room. So, cold approach is a catalyst for the rest of my life, and then night night game can be used as a compliment. So, it's like, it's just a nice, uh, it's a nice, it's a nice complementary partnership. So, I would get into night game much quicker. I avoided night game, like the plague, um... But for those reasons, and also I was like, oh, I don't really want to do night game. But yeah, looking back now, night game is a lot of fun. I think it can it can help you break the ice for yourself. You can you can you can just be a different person at night. Do you know what I mean? So it's fun. Um, so I did that, and then I would I would I would. This is the final point. The final thing that I would do if I was starting Call Approach all over again from scratch is I would read The Alabaster Girl and The Rational Male, right? So I would read The Alabaster Girl and The Rational Male. So I think these two books complement each other very well. So we were speaking about The Rational Male yesterday inside the Entourage, um, and one of my guys made the good point where he was like, yeah... You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of nonsense that is inside the rational male. There's a lot of nonsense that Rolo Tomasi talks. But one of the things that he's good at, and one of the things that he said really well, was was acknowledging the sexual market value and the sexual market value, particularly of men, like how how men get better as they get older. Like I think that's just a really important thing to remember. Like what is it? Men peak around 35 years old. So I think a lot of unindoctrinated guys don't realize this like every guy that i went to school with is pretty much married and has got kids now so they're my age 27 and it's like they've cashed out way too early in my opinion like i'm 27 now the person that i'm gonna be at 35 years old fuck me that guy is gonna be an absolute savage but yeah have that in your mind that the rational male is good for making you aware of intersexual dynamics men get better as they age as long as you put in the work 
bracket ofs. Doesn't just mean you can just sit on your ass, wait till you get to 35 years old and women are going to be throwing themselves at you. It's like, no, you need to be putting in the groundwork now. Like everything that we're doing is preparation for who we are going to become, yeah? Every action you take is an investment into the identity of the man who one day you're going to embody, yeah? We're all self-made. person who we are right now is a product of all of the decisions that we've made. So nothing changes if nothing changes. If you don't like the trajectory that you're currently on, it's up to you to change, right? This works as long as you do. So... Yeah, I'd read the rational mail to get myself grounded, make myself a little bit more hashtag red, red pill aware. And I would compliment the rational mail with the Alabaster Girl by Zan Perion. So I think the Alabaster Girl by Zan Perion is the greatest book ever written when it comes to the art of seduction. I think it's a beautiful book from front to cover. And I think Zan provides a refreshingly optimistic view of intersexual dynamics. I found with a lot of the red pill stuff, it's very doomer. It's very like uh, like collab competitive rather than collaborative. It, it creates this weird us versus them mentality. The Alabaster Girl provides a realistic, optimistic, healthy account of how, how to be a man, essentially. Like it teaches you so much about masculinity, what masculinity actually is, how to become a compelling human human being, how to become the most attractive version of it. Like everything that everything good is inside the Alabaster Girl. I'm not I'm not on commission for any of these books. Like I don't get 20p if you click a link, you can just Google it. But the Alabaster Girl uh, and the Rational Male, those two books, I think, will make a big difference on your seduction journey. Um, and that's what I would do. That's what I would do if I was starting from scratch. And that's what I would suggest that you do as well. Um, I would suggest that you listen to this live stream, like listen back to it on repeat because I've dropped a lot of serious fucking sauce. Um, and I hope that you found this useful. Uh, the final, final, final thing that I'll say is cold approach has completely changed my life. And ev everything I've ever wanted from this process, I've got. Yeah, I used to think I was confident before I got started with cold approach. Like, I wasn't confident. I didn't, I was situationally confident. I was confident if you put a pack of cards in my hand and you said, right, go and approach those people and perform magic. But cold approach has provided me with real, true, core confidence. And yeah, it look, it, it's changed my entire life in its entirety. I will always have affection towards the discipline of day game like always it'll always hold a special place in my heart when i'm like 60 years old and i've got my fucking wife on my arm and we're strutting through mayfair and i see a guy doing an approach i'll tip my hat to that man i'll be like yes i remember when i was a young lad and i was learning cold approach um but no it's completely changed my life i think if you are new to this or you consider yourself a seasoned player i hope that the stuff that i've outlined here is useful onto your journey and I hope you actually implement it as well. I hope you actually put this stuff into practice. Um, leave in the comments as well anything that you found particularly useful. Um, and just let me know how you get on with it all. Um, I'm curious to know uh, more about you, your journey. Um, if you've got any more questions or if you want me to address something, like if you've got a topic you would like to hear me discuss, DM me the word... Or just DM me on Instagram. Just DM, like that. just DM me. Like DM me on Instagram. My Instagram is at Christian Magician. Um, just DM me if you've got a question. Um, I'm more than happy to dedicate a live stream to you. If you find these live streams valuable, drop the live stream a big fat juicy like. It tells me that you enjoy it and you're just putting good karma out there into the world. Um, but yeah, uh, DM me on Instagram if you've got any questions or if you just want to follow me, do that. That's nice. Um, and then we're going to do another live stream today at 4 p.m. That'll give me enough time to rest my voice. But I just want to supply you boys with a lot, a lot of value ofs. But um, no, I enjoy doing these, so hopefully you enjoy listening to them. Um, but yeah, like the stream, DM me on Instagram at Christian Magician, and 
I'll speak to you again in about four hours' time. All right, love you. Bye.